Hi, folks. How are you? I don't know why I'm whispering. Actually, I do know why I'm whispering. Uh, because I'm recording this about midnight and all the family are asleep and I don't want to wake them. Um, I've just got back from hosting a Life in Pictures with Daniel Craig for BAFTA, which was equal parts terrifying, equal parts fun. I was really nervous and scared going into it. I just wanted him to have a lovely time. And I think he did. I got some lovely messages from people who were there. So um, thank you very much if you were at the um, uh, Odeon in Leicester Square to watch that and sent me a nice message. I will let you know where you can watch it. He was on amazing form. So that's why I'm whispering. But I need to tell you about our latest guest on Soundtracking because they are members of a band that I, well, to say I admire them would be an understatement. Um, I think they're just fantastic. They've done plenty sterling work on film and TV in addition to releasing very many brilliant studio albums. Stuart Braithwaite and Barry Burns are half of Mogwai. Yes, Mogwai! Whose screen work includes The Returned, Atomic, Zidane, The Fountain, Before the Flood and Zero Zero Zero. Their latest album, meanwhile, is As the Love Continues, which reached number one in the UK charts. Yes! Also got nominated for a Mercury Music Prize and is on the long list for the Scottish Album of the Year Awards. Plenty more on all of that shortly, uh, including lashings and lashings of their fabulous music. But first, I wanted to talk to you about Masterclass, which I've been watching and learning from for quite a few months now. Masterclass offers online tuition across a range of fields from some of the best known names in their respective professions. I've been using it as a brilliant research tool, actually, for work and life, and I find it utterly fascinating. I've learned tips on my photography from Annie Leibovitch. I got an amazing insight into independent filmmaking from Spike Lee, while the Roxanne Gay course, I think, is incredibly insightful on writing for social change. It's the most incredible way of learning skills from some of your favourite people in the world. It's totally immersive and the quality is massively impressive. Masterclass is the online education subscription service offering over 100 courses across so many subjects from cooking, gardening, acting to a plethora of other subjects. Each of the courses is broken into 10 to 20 minute lessons that are really easy to fit into your daily life and you can watch from any of your devices. I would highly recommend you check it out and you can get unlimited access to every masterclass. And as a soundtracking listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash sound. That's masterclass.com slash sound for 15% off masterclass. And so to the brilliant Stuart, Barry and the marvellous Mogwai. And we'll begin with a cue from their latest album, Richie Sacramento.
no bad. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad, you know. Yeah, just, uh, you know, feels like it's slowly getting back into whatever normal is. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, we're getting back to the usual shape. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, well, listen, thanks for doing this as well. I'm so, I'm so excited to have you on because sure, I think the last time we spoke about your guys' work on on the screen was for The Returned, which feels like so long ago, actually, isn't yeah. it? If you think about it. Ten years Many ago. Many moons have come. Ten ago. years ago. Uh, some, uh, maybe more than that. Wow. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think Mogwai's music's always had a cinematic nature to it. You know, it's always had sort of, it incites visual visuals, I think, you know, in terms of when you're listening to it, whether that be on your own or you're in an environment, I think it's just got such a visual cinematic appeal to it. Was the was the idea that you would always work in that field or want to work in that field of of creating music for for the screen, whether that be small or big, or your music just being used in that way, which obviously, you know, it's worked both ways, hasn't it? Where you've written specifically for, but then there's obviously been occasions where your music's been used in things, whether that be, you know, Miami Vice. <laughs> or Sex in the City. You're there we go. Game. I mean, I'm, I'm always a Tubbs and Crockett fan. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought doing it until Douglas was the first person that asked us. Douglas Gordon asked us to do something for the Zidane thing, which was obviously kind of a weird one, but I hadn't really thought about it before that. some films was, was nice enough but to actually get asked to do it as a score hadn't even occurred to us so it wasn't really in my it wasn't in my ambitions anyway but now that we're doing it it's pretty good fun Is it a different approach to when you're to writing? <laughs> writing's kind of the same but you're kind of aware that someone else is going to be <laughs> giving it a critique and telling you it's shite and stuff like that. It's rubbish. Or saying it's brilliant. Or saying it's brilliant. So uh, it's, it is a bit different, but it's it's just the way that we write this stuff is not that different. We just get on with it and yeah, try and make it sound nice. Because mm-hmm. you collaborated with Clint as well, didn't you? Clint Mansell and, and the Kronos Quartet as well. And he's obviously, you know, coming from that band background and going into to write and score and I love talking to Clint about it because he's so like modest about it. And he's like, oh, I just I'm not quite sure what I do or how I do it sort of thing. It's like, well, you know, give yourself some credit because what you're doing is amazing. But was was he someone that it was the fountain, wasn't it, that you, um, yeah. you well, that, collabor- that... collaborated with him on? Yeah. I mean, it was a funny one because, I mean, I was a big fan. I was a big fan of Paul Lee itself, but I was I was especially a fan of his soundtrack work, especially Requiem for a Dream. And I'd read an interview with him where he said he wanted the score for his new project to be like Mogwai. And I, and I was like, right, okay. And I just got his email and I was like, if you want us to actually play on it, then we'd love to. <laughs> and that was around about the same time as Zidane. And so it was interesting doing these two projects that were 
both for movies, but like so different, you know, like uh, The Fountain was such a big production. There was so many people involved. So that was, it was actually quite informative as to how things work on that scale. We eat a lot of curry. Oh God! It's, <laughs> it's kind of hard to get a good one in in California. So in Glasgow, as you know, really great for curry. So yeah, it was, it was challenging on our digestive systems. You'll find that any interviews that we do will mention curry at least once. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. I met. I miss them myself. We're out in Gloucestershire, and I've got to say, it's lacking in the the good curry houses. So I'm I'm uh, well, I'm kind of salivating at the thought of it myself. <laughs> Just had right about ten minutes ago. You did not. I did. Uh... <laughs> wow. <laughs> what about um? What about um? You know, kind of growing up and 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 watching film and you know, obviously we got to mention the name of the band sort of thing, but but watching film and and the music of within films being something that resonated with you or connected with you is that something that happened quite early on for you both in terms of. It was a big part of watching a film that the music made the connection or made a, an emotional kind of connection with you. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I kind of go back to when I was a kid and seeing, like, especially like Star Wars and Superman. So I suppose I was both John Williams, which is this kind of bombastic music mm. being really kind of evocative of this world that was created by cinema. So that that was huge for me. Those those tunes and even just like. Close Encounters, all the, all that kind of yeah, all the kind of big same. Steven Spielberg stuff. It was great. Same. I remember crying with hearing it, the Incredible Hulk theme oh, yeah, and all that thing. That's a, that's a great story. <laughs> I just, yeah, I think Come I, on, I tell that. it. I must have been less than four. I was three or four, and uh, I remember hearing the theme tune because my mum and dad were watching it downstairs, and let when I still having Lindsay, and I came down onto the landing on the stairs and was just crying. I was like, "What is this?" It was like it was the Incredible Hulk theme tune, the really sad one. Either at the start or the end, I can't remember if it's the yeah. I haven't seen it for a while, but I was like, I will be a composer. <laughs> TV and film now. That is my future. Yeah. I want to make children cry. <laughs> I love that TV show. It was so good. that point because there is always that point where you like 
you know, it was it was like Indiana Jones going to the cinema. I remember that was the first time I was allowed to go to the cinema with my pals. And it was kind of like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But then as you get older and, and for me, learning more about film and learning it and obviously coming from a wee fishing village, not having much access to world cinema and stuff that's outside the box office. That's something that I discovered and explored later on in life. And with that comes this whole other palette of of score and music and and that kind of thing. And I I was interested to kind of find out from you as well with with that. And if when you started making music, your kind of palette and filmmaking shifted or widened or that kind of thing as well. I'm sure it did. I mean, I, I kind of mentioning that and seeing kind of non-mainstream films for the first time. And I remember when I was at, at college and kind of when uh, seeing things like the first Quentin Tarantino films and and uh, even Trainspotting, just seeing the way kind of music and films kind of connect and finding out, I found out, especially the, it wasn't a Tarantino film, but uh, he wrote it, the Natural Born Killers soundtrack was yeah, yeah, yeah. informative to me for music that I got really into that kind of, I think, inspired me as play, playing in the band. So I just kind of all, always had that connection and really like the fact that I'm sure has happened with us. I certainly know loads of people that found out about our band through seeing Miami Vice or um, no, that's the main one to be honest. <laughs> I was going to say a second one. I can think of one. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. that were off the beaten track like a Fantastic Planet animation yeah I remember watching that when I was a lot younger and just thinking this is amazing like what a weird soundtrack probably wouldn't listen to it like as a piece of music but mm-hmm. the fact that it was backing up these really weird images and stuff it was really interesting Well, the, the kind of the, the stuff that you have scored and, and written original music for is so kind of varied as well. And I remember speaking to Fisher Stevens about the documentary um, Before the Flood, which I thought was an amazing piece of filmmaking, such an important piece as well. When you think, consider when, you know, it was five years ago or something it was released and it was 
uh, you know, so so important. But with something like that, where it's a documentary as opposed to something that's, uh, is that a different approach? Is it a different experience? What What's the ask of, of you or is it, and how did that work? Were you brought in quite early in terms of, you know, you know, kind of co-writing that and working on it? Well, we were actually brought in, we were the last people, I think, to be involved. So we were, I'm probably going to get the dates wrong here, but I think we had like a week or two weeks to do it. it. And and we weren't aware of the collaborative element, really. We knew that was part of it, but, but I think we just guessed because we were in so late that we wouldn't be doing that. And then one day we were in the studio and Trent and Atticus had sent a version of one of our songs mm-hmm. and we were just like, Oh my God, is this really happening? I think that's one of the coolest things that's ever happened. I was like, oh my God, Nine Inch Nails have just played the Mogwai song. <laughs> this is amazing. It was so good. I actually I actually think with documentaries, I don't know if Barry agrees, but I, I find it a more serious undertaking, especially with Atomic, because it was, you're like, right, okay, we're we're not, this isn't a car chase. This is the real deaths of hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of people yeah. that we've got to do something that reflects that the seriousness and also you're you've got to honor these people you know yeah it felt it felt more pressure even though commercially i'm sure the documentaries are, are way less mm-hmm. <laughs> valuable than the movies or big tv shows or whatever but um yeah i definitely felt a lot of pressure doing those but but good pressure like kind of like Right, we're doing something really weighty here. And um, yeah, I, I really loved doing both of those things. Yeah, great. Zero, zero, zero. I, see, I feel like I've got to say it with an Italian accent. Please do. I'm not. You know what Scottish people sound like trying to do accents. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk to me a little bit uh, about this. This is a, a series for people who are listening. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, 
and you did the soundtrack to it. It's an Italian sort of crime drama TV series, um, which had sold immediately. Italian crime drama TV series, Amen. Was that what it was like for you when it came to you? What was, what was the kind of draw of, of working on this? The, the director and the, the writer actually <clears throat> came to see us. We were, play, we were playing a gig in Mexico City hmm. and he came nice. and, and they, were, they were out filming it, filming loads of the shows filmed there and he just totally gave us the big sell, didn't he? Right. He's, he's, a, he's a kind of larger than life dude as, as well. So it was, yeah, we were all in and, and same as you, I love all that stuff. I'm kind of like, really like it and there was yeah, great cast and stuff. So yeah. That was an interesting one too because there was different directors, right. three, three of them, and the so the process would change from episode to episode. Oh wow! Um, uh, we got quite a lot of direction on some of them, didn't and then some were just like, "I do whatever do you, what you want." <laughs> what it, we were very it? fond of the "do what you want" style of things because the guy. Is Danish one of the directors? I can't remember. Janus, yeah, yeah, Smets, was it something like that? I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, he uh, he was very. You know, he would say things like don't have any mid-range so that the dialogue is not bothered with and only keep it really low or really high. And I was like, that's quite a good idea. I hadn't <laughs> thought of that. So we've kind of stolen that and used it for other stuff as well. Don't get in the way of the actor's voices. Seems to work. like that where it's been it's been you've learned a lot from the experience of of writing for image and writing for story and character and narrative yeah 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 and, and also i i think things we've learned from the experiences we've carried through into doing our own records now as well like even just like like the the, the start of the atomic film like uh, mark cousins had used a, a wagner piece that was really kind of joyous and it was like right he was really fond of it, and it did sound really well, good. But it was like, well, we're doing this music, so like, let's, let's, 
they've got we, we need something by us so so like this cha- challenge of kind of doing something that kind of goes against every fiber of what we would normally do as a band which is make miserable depressing music and it's just it's just a challenge it's funny it's you're saying that because we're actually doing that as we're talking yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got we're, we're trying to replace we're trying to replace some music um so it's already there like so i think a lot of the directors and everyone involved in the stuff gets really attached to the temporary music that they use um and it's called temp love apparently yeah. i heard that and uh, and it's hard to get that out of your head and even when you hear it as a musician's trying to compose stuff for it it gets in your inside your head as yeah. well and you have to try and get rid of it and also as a music fan you start to have these conversations tony dugan who records us and kind of produces all of our soundtrack stuff like he will have these discussions about what it is about a piece of music that people like because as a music and you just kind of have a good or bad well i do i don't think it's good or it's bad i tend not to really analyze what it is that's good about it so you actually start to really listen to other pieces of music and kind of think well what is it that, what is it that people like about this and mm-hmm. you start to think about the different elements and yeah that's it's, it's interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh it sounds like so much fun working with you guys i've like <laughs> been in a studio system i'm there and the I, I, the temp thing's really interesting though because everybody's got a story to tell about temp um in terms of composing like there's composers who insist on watching it without temp there's it's quite nice when you go in and they've used your music as temp or is i guess i don't know is that actually because then it's kind of like well we had that we had that zero 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 and they actually ended up still using some they used a couple of tunes that they just couldn't shake yeah. Or we couldn't bear we could maybe we couldn't bear them. <laughs> but the thing is as well so we We've been putting our own records out now for the last few years, but all of the other ones don't belong to us. So you're kind of like also having these things like you really like this old song. You know that they're not going to let you use this for free. Do you know what I mean? Kind of like that kind of conversation kind of comes up uh-huh. as well. It can it can be it can be a mixed blessing if the usual music is temp. Also trying to again going back to the conversation about what it, what is it that they, they like? What is it that people like about this Mogwai song? And I mean, we're not sitting in the studio going, oh, we'll do this because people like it. We don't really care mm-hmm. as long as we like it. <laughs> so um, you have to actually analyse your own your own music, yeah. work out what it is that has connected with them and what it is that works in the context of the the scene and then try and do something the same. Mm-hmm. And then again, just copy it. <laughs> <laughs> Like where with with your with your like with the last record, for example, um, as love continues, where, where do you start? We just all write. We just write songs and we just upload, upload little parts and demos. And with the last album, it was the first time we've ever had the producer involved in that process. Dave Dave Friedman was listening to the demos. There's actually a couple of songs on the album that we'd kind of forgotten about, mm-hmm. and he was like, "What about those?" And then we'd go and work them into into songs. Yeah. And it's actually quite, it feels quite freeing now because doing soundtrack work is very, very ordered. Whereas when we're, not, when, yeah, when we're, when we're going back to doing our own stuff, it's just like, yeah, whatever. Like if we can literally do whatever we want, not that we take advantage of that, we just do the same old stuff that sounds in Mogwai, but <laughs> we, could, we could do some jazz odysseys. <laughs> I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Because you are, 
you're not facilitating your creative needs when you're working on a film. You're you're servicing the film, aren't you? You're servicing the narrative, you're servicing the director, the producers, I don't know what it is, sort of thing. So it is that kind of thing where you're it's it's not really for you, is it? That's the difference, I guess, the between creating your own music and and creating for someone else. But you have to still have that integrity there of what yeah. why they've hired you and why they yeah. want you and you know. Yeah, they've, they've hired us because they like the sound of the music we make and the type of projects that we've been asked to do. We have actually been asked to do some stuff that we knew wouldn't work and we've just said, you probably want to get someone else for that. Mm. But you, So it is, it is the kind of mixture of making something amazing and making something that, that works in the context of what they want the music for. Mm-hmm. Have you been out playing live yet? Yeah, yeah, a couple of shows. How's it been? <laughs> Mad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We, the first ones were in France and the, the process of getting to France in the middle of a pandemic was 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 hard. Pandemic and Brexit sandwich. But when we actually got up and played, the, actually the first gig back, we had a total onstage disaster, <laughs> which, which normally would have sent me into like a total full-on panic mode. But I was just so happy to be on a stage. I was just like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care that everything Dominic has touched has just decided to stop working. Yeah. Oh, but, man. That uh, was quite weird. But it was fine. It was fine. But yeah, the, I thought Green Man was really yeah special. I really loved that. And yeah, it's all downhill from here. Aye. Come on. <laughs> This new record's an amazing response. This the mate, it's like, you know, getting nominated for everything left, right, and centre is brilliant. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It's great to tour with it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, has, it, it has been really surreal, though. And it kind of, I, I don't know, like the, the process of, of making it was obviously really strange because it was in the middle of a pandemic. And, yeah. and, and I don't think any of us could have dreamed of it doing as well as it has. So, yeah, it's. I just, I, I just, I'd say this to all bands: keep going. You'll, you'll make it on your tenth album. <laughs> I, Don't get I get happy ten. Yeah. <laughs> all these award shows and stuff what they should be doing now is 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 almost kind of gifting bands with the visas to be able to tour europe or something do you know what i mean it's kind of like let's try and make this easier for them do you know what i mean rather than like we're going to make you walk a red carpet here's a really nice thing that means that you can actually go on the road and tour and go and see your fans wouldn't that be amazing Here's a here's a here's a tiny house in a fishing village in Italy that means that <laughs> you, can, you can live in it and get a EU passport. Like, here's some Italian passports. So yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here you go. Congratulations on your nomination. Here's your German passports. <laughs> Grazie. <laughs>
<laughs> um, when you put ten albums in, is it is set list a nightmare, or are you, or is it kind of a luxury? Oh, Stuart likes to do them, so I'm sure he's in charge. It's getting quite hard. Like we, did, we did one, and then I saw someone online going, "They've only played one song from the first five albums." I was like, "Is that bad? I don't know." It's like I don't know. It depends how much you like the first five uh, albums. And yeah, the rest of the band, I, I would quite happily go into proper Robert Smith mode and make our gigs three hours long, but they're not having it. He's the only they're one that wants it. to do this. I even, I even, I even actually enlisted Robert Smith into 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 uh, lobbying for this. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. And we were like, "No, Robert, you're not. You're wrong." Even Robert Smith. Couldn't convince the rest of the rest of the band to play for more than two hours. <laughs> to be honest, it's probably it's probably for the best. <laughs> Another quick film I wanted to talk about was Ken, which um, we haven't talked about as well. Sci-fi, uh, yeah. which uh, I'm a big fan of sci-fi. Do you go into it going it's a genre film, or do you try and step back from that so that it's not wrapped around that whole kind of expectation of that mm. sonically? Yeah, the, the 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 directors were really, really, really involved and really good guys as well. But yeah, they they were very definite. Yeah, they definitely didn't want Blade Runner. They didn't want it to sound like Blade Runner, so Barry had to put saxophone away. Aye. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. I know, I know. It was quite. It was. They were quite like hands on. You know, they were hands on. So yeah. to be honest, in many ways, it kind of made it easy. With there was a few things they didn't like that were really great. We had to argue. Did remember getting feedback from one of them saying, "Oh, we hate this." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I was like. Just ignore it. Just just pretend that you didn't hear that one, and you yeah. had to tell us that you hated it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. And it, yeah, any, nice guys, any, so. any directors listen to this? Try not you not to use the word hate. <laughs> it's a wee bit strong. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try something else, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's brutal. Yeah, they're they're Aussies. They don't mince their words. Nah. A thick skin, though, haven't you? In the in the with oh, yeah. when you're composers, yeah, we were killing ourselves laughing. When it yeah, came. <laughs> but you do you do need to have a thick skin, and I think it took it took us a while to realise that. I think our kind of like precious indie baby kind of skin had to be shared. <laughs> you do you do you do get told that something that you think is very good is rubbish quite often, uh-huh. um, and everyone does. It's not it, it, it's not us. We, t- we speak to people 
but speak to people <laughs> who are way more established than, than than we are in soundtracks getting the exact same thing you know I, I guess it's probably two worlds like in, in the music world you're slightly the worst thing that's going to happen to you is i don't know your name your name's too small on a festival bill or i don't know you get five out of ten from pitchfork yeah. do you know what I mean and you're kind of quite cosseted whereas in the film industry the people at the top no one ever says anything to them do you know what I mean they kind of become these i don't know kind of any goods yeah like really i don't know like quite all powerful so yeah it kind of it kind of meets but yeah, you have to just ignore it and realize it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And the brilliant, the brilliant thing that they don't want, use it for something else. Yeah, it'll get recycled. Yeah, like <laughs> it's their loss. It's on the award-winning album now. <laughs> totally well. Yeah. Totally well. Um, what's the what's the kind of the, the the ideal with regards to working on a score? Is it is it being on board before anything shocks, so you can see the production as it's been, or what's the kind of, or do you not? Does it not really matter? I don't know. I'm kind of torn. The the with the returns, we wrote a lot of the music before they'd started making it, and I think we were going on tour, yeah. and, they, and they they said it's the scripts and loads of like visual stuff, and that worked out really well. But also, it's pretty cool to just have it to see. think that the worst the worst thing is just having a script and not that much other information mm-hmm. having a conversation where they see what it is about what we do that they like uh-huh. and also what scores they they also like so you're kind of in that you're not going to go off on some you're not going to go and do loads of acoustic guitar when all they like is john carpenter yeah. you know like you kind of yeah. it's good to just have as much information and just just have enthusiasm you know have the people really when you talk about Ken, those guys really loved Mogwai, you know, and like they, they wanted they wanted a film score, but they really wanted it to sound like us. And yeah, that, that that's the best. The, the worst ones are when when they wanted someone else. Can we get that with us? Yeah. Oh my God. It's not happened too oh, much. But yeah, you definitely, mm-hmm. you, you want them, you <laughs> want them to want what, what we do because otherwise... Did you make this sound a bit more like Clint Mans? <laughs> yeah. A little Do bit it. more like Clint Mans. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs>
never happens. I am. I've I've got all I've got is the Miami Vice theme tune going around in my head at the minute as well. It's one of my favorite TV theme tunes as well. It was brilliant. But the that um the returned score was it was so good. I loved that show. It was such a great show. It was so mental. And I can't imagine what it was like reading the scripts. I just like because I would not have understood anything that was going on from that. No, we did we had- <laughs> Well, well the, the other thing talking about like non non English language, quite a few things we've done they've not translated it. Aye, so that's hard because you that's just, really you just got to sort of guess what's going on from the images, which is kind of hard. It's amazing. But the return you're like that. I thought they were dead. Oh, they are dead. Okay. <laughs> In fact, I, it's kind I, of dead, but not. <laughs> I, I properly watched that on Channel Four, like everyone else, to yeah. understand. Yeah, I love that. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Are you working on, so you're working on something at the minute then, but you can't talk yeah. about it? Yeah. Yes. And yes. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's a TV thing. It's quite good. I think it's good. And this good. one's good. Yeah, yeah. This one's, this one, I think people are going to really like it. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the music, but also excited because it's the kind of thing that I would really, really, really enjoy watching. Yeah. yeah. Have you got a favourite score from a film, both of you? God. Do you know what? I Just because I've watched it really, really recently, Philip Glass's music for Candyman is amazing, oh, and it's yeah. so. You never seen that? The old one or the old one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old one. Yeah, Rob Lowe, who we know, guy from Chicago, did the new one. Or did, did it? Lichens. Mm. Yeah, you know, Lichens. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, and an yeah, interesting and choice because he kind of goes against what the expectation is of a score, like for Candyman, of the type of music that Philip Glass was making. It's kind of yeah. it's not it's it's interesting, isn't it? But it so yeah. works. Rob's one and the new one too is very very strange music for for a horror film but actually uses musicality rather than dissonance like he does a weird thing with the rhythms which really are really unsettling rather than going for the big kind of cycle strings kind of thing really really great
Have you seen Sensor yet? Not yet, no. No, I've heard See of it. It's really good. And um, Emily Levenay's Farouche did the score for that. And it's it's she's done a really good job with that. It's really it's really worth yeah. seeing. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Barry, what about you? I never have favourites in anything. Just, that's pick, a nightmare. just pick one you like. Just pick one I like. Uh, that's what you do when folk ask you. Oh, God. Uh, Don't say gremlins. Think. Was it the gremlins? <laughs> Don't say gremlins. Gremlins on that, actually. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like that one. Yeah, gremlins is my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. That's my answer. <laughs> Cop out. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I go blank, completely blank. Yeah. It's too many. I don't have favourites with stuff, so yeah. I just That's good. Them and I, I always decide. freeze people. Go, what new bands do you like? I'm like, oh god. Oh. <laughs> and then you're like, I have to see an answer because I run a record label, but I can't think of one. It's really bad. <laughs> so do you like 20 minutes of homework before you hit a red carpet or something like that. You just know it's coming. Muriel's wedding. I love Muriel's wedding. That's called some habit. Oh, you're terrible, Muriel. Amazing. Um, well, listen, I hope we can chat when you can tell us what this new project is um, and we can maybe talk about that in a bit more detail as well. But um, oh, it's been a proper treat chatting to you both about this and all sorts of things. Made my cheeks are sore from laughing. It's a lovely feeling. <laughs> That's what I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, get back to work. Um, okay. So uh, nice to see you guys. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Mogwai's latest album, As the Love Continues, that supposedly we were nightmares. Rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Stuart Braithwaite and Barry Barnes. My huge thanks to Stuart and Barry for taking the time to talk to us. So much fun. As the Love Continues is available via their own label, Rock Action, with their work for film and television well worth checking out too. Now we'll put up a Spotify playlist for the show at edithbowman.com which is also the place that you can find every other single episode of the podcast including my interview with none other than Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter we are at Soundtracking UK where we started putting up little clips from the podcast for your delectation in fact the one this week that features Stuart and Barry and talks about the Hulk and children crying is very funny anyway Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Join us next week for another episode of Soundtrack and where I dive into the minds of the great and good from the world of film and music. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Uh